Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome and thanks for joining us. Uh, my next guest is Agnes Mora of AMI Coaches in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Now, AMI Coaches is a leadership and management development firm led by Master Certified Coach Agnes Mura, and AMI gets business leaders, C-suite executives, managers, and boards to operate at the top of their game in several languages and founded on the latest research in leadership development. AMI provides coaching, assessments, facilitation, and training across most industries in the U.S., Latin America, and Europe. And today we're going to talk about preparing employees for a change in ownership, a very important topic. So, Agnes, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Yes, hello. Good to be with you. Agnes, um, we, uh, we're pleased to have you. Tell us a little bit about how AMI uh, Coaches got started and a little bit about your background. Well, you will notice from uh, my uh, uh, sound, my accent, that I was not born in the U.S. I grew up in communist Romania, in fact, and uh, the only thing one could build there in terms of wealth was a very good education. Um, So because a broad multilingual education is portable, it stood me it has stood me in good stead my whole life as I moved from country to country and among different careers. Um, so in terms of uh, background, I did my studies in the U.K. and in Germany, but actually uh, coming to California is where I flourished professionally first. I worked uh, in international relations for the 84 Olympics, and I don't know if some of you might remember, since we're speaking to boomers, that Um, The Soviet bloc boycotted the games, and I was uh, privileged to persuade the Romanians to actually break that boycott, my 15 minutes of fame. Um, So international relations, then I spent 10 years in international banking with a focus on Central America, uh, which is how I got fluent in Spanish. And uh, for the last 18 or so years, I've dedicated myself to executive development. Um, plainly said, that's basically turbocharging talented people and their teams and their organizations. Um, And I've made sure that I'm uh, still a business person as well. I'm on the board of a billion-dollar global company that's growing very fast, and maybe some other time we can talk about governance issues, Bill. Mm -hmm. Um, So as you mentioned, I work in several languages and in several countries, And so I understand, for example, why people misunderstand each other despite their best intentions and uh, that cultural issues are not just cross-border issues. They can even be departmental or functional. Or yesterday I had a call from uh, the head of internal audit in an organization that was saying, how do I manage to get myself accepted by my peers as a business partner versus an enemy. That's a cultural issue uh, of, of, of sorts, right? So oh, yeah. uh, I, uh, uh, so I basically work as a, how shall I call it, a truth teller. 
uh, a sounding board and a mirror for for senior executives, for for people in power, owners who uh, don't always get told the whole truth. Um, that's one of the big concerns of all leaders at the top. They don't be, they don't hear, you know, all their jokes get funnier, right, as they get promoted, and they don't hear everything that they need to hear. So they need an objective sounding board with a lot of business experience, but also someone that can be truthful to them about their interpersonal issues, um, how they uh, how they deal with uh, all their stakeholder groups, with their boards, with their shareholders, their you know, really important senior staff members, uh, how do they retain them? Sometimes even how do they deal with polit- politicians or the public? So um, uh, just to yeah. give you a sense of what a typical mix of assignments uh, I'm working on now is, uh, for example, I'm coaching the CEO of a medium-sized global technical services company, the head of an advertising firm, the owner of a well-known staffing company, um, the chief nursing officer of a huge hospital system, and the head of research for an Asian medical device company. So I'm very, I'm very fortunate to, uh, to um, work across uh, lots of industries. And as we'll discuss today, there's, as you can imagine, a lot of uh, common patterns that, that we encounter everywhere at the top. That's a very diverse background. I, I really liked your early statement that where you said that you, in some places of the world, the only wealth you can build up is within with your education, what you put inside of you, and that, that is exportable sure. <laughs> if you can get out of that country. So kudos to you for, for uh, understanding that at an early age and, and, um, and exporting yourself from a what was a repressive kind of a situation it sounds like but and, and now you're now you're global now you're everywhere you're you're dealing with a lot of different types of people in a lot of different situations it sounds like and helping those leaders as to how they show up in different situations because a lot of times business owners don't know how to show up uh, sometimes in these situations they get into awkward situations and one of the ones we want to talk about is that idea for our audience of how do I show up as a business leader to uh, prepare my employees for a change of ownership? So let's talk about that a little bit. What are the key leadership considerations, not just the financial ones, that a founder or owner needs to keep in mind as they consider leaving their legacy on their company? Right, right, right. So um, the conversation my clients often want to have with me is, first, why do they want to turn over the company or let's say this applies also to executives in larger organizations. So they may be turning over a division, but why now? And, uh, you know, should they let go because the market requires some new direction for the firm? Um, should they promote therefore maybe a younger leader quite different from themselves or will they want to be succeeded by their closest trusted advisor who will carry forward basically in their philosophy and their approach and their spirit? So that's a really big fundamental question. Do I want to perpetuate myself, or am I looking at my company, my division, my uh, um, group as as it's uh, – from the perspective of what, it, uh, what they require for the future. Because mm-hmm. all transitions are a huge opportunity to also change direction. It's not a linear 
continuation. So then ultimately, you know, we talk about how do I, if I'm a business owner, for example, do I get, how do I get the most return from the company into my retirement after I'm gone? And uh, uh, the question is, can the company grow more if I get out of the way? Or mm-hmm. if I want uh, to perpetuate my own thumbprint on it by, by maybe imprinting my continued thinking, my style, my cultural legacy on the next cycle. And uh, actually, it's uh, very often the case that a more sustainable uh, company requires a totally different business model or maybe a totally different supply chain strategy. Um, so, so that's the sort of uh, it, it's it's a very person because we all take our business so personally. It's a it's a heart wrenching question because mm-hmm. even let's say the CEO makes this brave choice, right? I'm going to uh, choose a successor who's quite different from me, maybe even from a different industry. The question then becomes sometimes the 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 outgoing owner feels, does that invalidate or question my entire past approach? (laughs) Um, So do you see how it gets very personal uh, in this sense? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's very personal. It can be, first of all, it boils down to one thing you mentioned was, is, is change needed or is change wanted? Sometimes of course, in small businesses, a change is needed. uh, And sometimes it's, it's desired, and then the question is, why is it desired? Is it as an ex- to perpetuate my legacy and that, and to kind yeah. of honor what I've built, or have I been? Am I willing to take the chance that I've been doing it wrong and things have changed and there's another way that that's going to help the company and I got to get out of the way of that? Or have I been doing it perfectly well for the cycle for the? Uh, industry for the economic cycle, the historical moment where I was in charge. And then can I look at today and look at the future and uh, vision a new direction and then ask myself what sort of leader is required for that cycle. So it's really important that we don't look at change as an you know, as invalidating or questioning what happened in the past. It's just that that was good then. And what got you here may not get you there, right? That's kind of the motto. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it is an interesting dilemma. And, of course, that's going to be situational once you get inside of the culture and the, the, uh, the personalities of the leaders and the company. And if they're a smaller company, it's just the leader. If it's a bigger company, there's – there's a collective culture and a board involved. Uh, mm-hmm. So I can, I can see how that could be. Uh, you got to go in open-ended with this and say, there are, there are many paths to this transition. Let's, de- let's first determine the why. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at, uh, at the moment, just to, to tell you a quick story, um, I'm working with this 50 year old uh, Midwestern company. Um, and in just the last few years, it um, managed to quite, you know, to grow, to explode beyond the U.S. borders. You know, a lot of smaller companies find themselves pulled by their customers, basically, to become global, right? 
And mm-hmm. so this is, you know, a very um, a staid corporate environment. The CEO has been in place for 20 years. Um, and we're just going through this quite thorough succession planning program now. So we're looking at, we're doing a competency analysis and assessment of uh, the, the top five internal candidates. But the, the chief perspective is from a future vision of the company. Not from what we mm-hmm. who have who we've been for so long. So one of the advantages of keeping perhaps the the leadership in internal hands is that we want somebody who is different, and I'll tell you in a moment how we find them. But we also want somebody who understands the legacy culture. So if at all possible, we'd like to find somebody on the inside. But one of the things we're doing is we're looking for the mavericks in the organization. We're looking for the people who are particularly entrepreneurial, the people who are irksome in the leadership uh, strategic planning retreats, for example, the people who ask the the, the crazy questions, who are are bringing in um, perspectives that are uh, uh, that look at other industries, that, that break out of the mold. And uh, I'm very much hoping that, that we, can, we can actually uh, develop somebody in the next year or so uh, amongst those uh, younger leaders who can, who can take over. That's a big commitment uh, of the CEOs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but, I mean, from a coaching standpoint, uh, frankly, between us, the CEO says that uh, what's most valuable for him as part of this project are the coaching conversations about the timing, uh, his vision, you know, dealing with this past versus future uh, uh, strategy and, and mission for the company, um, and even the considerations for his own future. So I'm very proud of the fact that he's been pushing his retirement out year after year after year for about like five years, and we now have a a firm date next year. That's always a good sign. That means that we're beginning to uh, help this this wonderful leader, um, you know, draw some conclusions and and, uh, get a sense Mm -hmm. of of direction and confidence in, in the future. Yeah, the first part is rolling the ball up the hill and then <laughs> or the the rock up the hill. Yeah. <laughs> That's the hard part. Getting them to yes. acknowledge the changes needed and to embrace it, right? I mean, because a lot of a lot of the businesses that that I'm talking to Agnes are are um you know, in the the mid and smaller range and the owners there's a sense of of ownership and pride and things have changed a lot in every industry, but more in some than others and they realize that, but they also have a hard time letting go. They're like that. The my my son is just getting ready to do driver's education, and they have those cars with the brake on both sides. The passenger and the instructor right. also has a brake, and they say, and it's like they're the the founders are saying, "Well, you drive, young man, but I've got a brake right here if I need it." So um, they're they're willing to hit that brake if they need it, and sometimes to protect the company, it's important, of course. So let's talk about the yeah, actual. Sure that yeah. transition in leadership and what are some effective steps and behaviors that can keep the the company healthy during that time of transition? Right. So how, how do I help them build a bridge uh, as we call it from, from often what's a departing uh, big personality 
mm-hmm. very often towards a new sort of more professional manager um, from a from the standpoint of for example selling an, a business uh, professional management often becomes a very important criterion for for the acquiring uh, entity so we do see that that transition from founder, big personality founder, to a more professional uh, leader. So uh, a lot of the time, a typical Achilles uh, heel is uh, once the successor has been chosen, let's say either someone quite uh, um, experienced but different internally or perhaps even an an external successor, the Achilles here in the transition process is always that the former leader may not like to get let go soon enough. You were speaking about the two pedals in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, overstaying, <laughs> even if you've promoted yourself to chairman or you're staying on in a consulting role, can be a bit problematic because people are so primed to go to the leader that they're familiar with because they know how to negotiate with him, how to influence him, how to deal with him. They, they would so uh, tend to go back to the familiar uh, conversations that the new leader who is seeing all these changes that are needed you know, can often be hampered in implementing because he's not seen as having the full power and authority of the role. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, again, you know, the, now the old, uh, the outgoing leader may be chairman, for example, but he could still from that position be second-guessing new ideas or uh, swaying the board away from some of the newer initiatives. So, so it could be quite problematic. And, uh, you know, if we, if we look at actual timelines, um, I keep hearing owners would love to do a year and i truly believe from experience that that is too long uh of a of a transition um in the examples that i've worked on something like a four-month overlap seems to work uh well you know in terms of the double pedal in the car Um, and I, I got to give you an example of a really cool story of uh, a recent company that I've worked with, where the the outgoing and the new CEO used those few months together to decide uh, jointly, directionally, where the agenda of the company is go was to go. And then it was the outgoing leader who actually said to the team you know here are the competitive challenges that we face here is the here are the business reasons for some of the changes that we will need to institute in the future and so he teed up the new direction during that transitional handoff time and then the new leader's tone was basically guys you know we've been entrusted with a great foundation a great history a great legacy and now what we need to do is create the future together so it it's it's fabulous if the two human beings can agree together on how to honor the past and mm. sort of launch the future uh while they're still standing uh, together in front of the company beautiful 
Beautiful, and that's that's the best of all worlds. Like you say, you're you're saying, you know, it, we've gotten here because of what's been happening here, and the 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 efforts and the direction of the past leaders of the company, and we're going to move to the future with uh, with new efforts from new people in a new time, and and creating a full loving relationship and embracement of that seems like the smoothest of all. Uh, of course, there's always some turmoil when people are, you know, uh, people are worried about jobs and am I, am I part of yep. this? Uh, are there any calming words that you found work best uh, beyond the story for employees at that time of transition? Well, yeah. And, and the, the, the first employee you have to sometimes calm down is, is again, the founder, you know, I, uh, in another company that I'm working with now, um, the, the, the founder, which who is a family member and so forth, uh, moved, we moved, uh, him into a co-chairman role because we needed his relationships in a particular marketplace. Um, and, and so, so sometimes, that is appropriate, but we made sure that he's not going to the office anymore, and and he really is just a sort of senior external resource. Um, so so that first step of uh, making sure that the, the transition is a clean handoff creates a lot of comfort in 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 the organization itself. Then um, one of the skills that managers you know n- n- nobody trained us i remember when i was a when i was a banker we went through a major major upheaval big acquisition merger you know i i'd been a manager for 5 or 6 years nobody had trained me in in change management in how to go through transitions um so that's why i also developed training skills uh, in my firm and i also work with the next layers into the organization and uh, help them manage their own uh, manage their own expectations and become aware and sort of get control over their the emotional transitions. Because one of the things that we've learned is that there is an ending cycle, there is a transitional neutral cycle, and there is a new beginning. And you cannot foreshorten that. You can't just because you named a new owner or sold the company to new ownership, snap your fingers, and on day one, everybody's on board with a completely new culture. So the ending part is giving uh, employees permission to grieve or say goodbye or let go of certain relationships or certain ways of doing things or certain computer systems (laughs) that we got Mm -hmm. attached to Mm -hmm. that we now, because, for example, we've merged with a new company, we have to adopt. Yes. You know, that's 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 a separation. Or, you know, we have new geographies, we have new facilities that we need to adjust to. So letting go and, you know, Listening to people at times like that is a huge skill and a huge benefit. You don't, as leaders, sometimes we think we have to talk at them all the time. Just put them in the room and give them a chance to hear each other's concerns and, um, you know, do listening circles. Uh, let them feel that they, you understand their 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 issues. So the ending phase is all about listening and and accepting that it isn't easy to let go. And uh, interestingly, as we accept 
that there are certain things that will uh, that, that it's okay to let go of. We move into this kind of neutral place. It's like flying between two trapezes. You've let mm -hmm. go of one and you haven't caught the next one yet. And directionally, that's a very precious time because you're unencumbered you, by the past and by the future. And you can have visioning conversations and people can uh, reflect on whether they are in the right seat on the bus? Are they in the right job? Is this the time to raise the hand and say, you know, I'd like to actually, in this new context, um, expand my skills or try to go laterally into a different area? So we can, we can uh, take advantage of this open space to rearrange uh, jobs, reporting uh, structures, look at what's worked in the past that may no longer work in the future, um, structurally and, and uh, organizationally. And then little by little, in small steps, there will be people who will lead the adjustment to the new culture. And they'll start talking differently and, and be upbeat and... Uh, um, it's, inspiring it's, for everybody else to to say wow you know look at us look at what we're doing at a time like this the other thing that's very important is to give people a chance to grab some new quick wins that give us uh, uh, in the new spirit in the new direction um, mm -hmm. with maybe a new market or a new product and then new leaders hopefully make a very big deal out of see guys this new cycle is beginning powerfully, and, and we all, all own this victory. So the key is to understand this curve between ending transition, you know, neutral zone and new beginnings, and give people a chance to, to move through the cycle at their own pace, because there will always be people who, um, you know, were kind of getting frustrated or bored with the old approach and are grabbed to, happy to grab onto a, a new one, and there will always be some who temperamentally are more change-averse, and so we need to give them a bit more time. Agnes, beautifully put. Really wonderful um, description of the pain of the pain of change and transition in a company. It's like the seasons. You have the winter, and then you have the spring, and the sprouts come up, and new change starts mm -hmm. new ideas and, and a new culture. Uh, Agnes, you have a book out called Coach Book, Coach Book on Amazon. Is that right? Correct. Coach book, and uh, you are a Vistage speaker. So if if uh, you're a Vistage member, Vistage International member, or a uh, a leader of a Vistage group, consider uh, Agnes Mora for your group. You can tell that uh, it would be an interesting and inspiring talk. Agnes, what is the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? Um, so my website is amicoaches.com, and my email is Agnes A G N E S at amicoaches.com uh, for um, a multitude of, um, of assignments, anything from board uh, uh, membership to uh, speaking assignments. I, I absolutely am a ham. I love to be at the front of the stage. Uh, workshops and, of course, uh, uh, training for your staff or uh, senior retreats uh, of, of a planning nature, um, and then the sweet spot, of course, uh, um, executive coaching at the top. Um, that would those those would all be uh, assignments that I'd be happy to uh, respond to. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure to talk with you, and I hope we get a chance to, uh, like you said, talk about some other topics sometime in the future. I look forward to the next time we speak. Thanks so much for making time. All right, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with another guest, so please stay with us. Hi, everybody. This is Spike Reel with The Exit Coach. Business owners, can you name the eight key value drivers that you and your managers should be focusing on to increase the value of your business? Introducing the Sellability Score Index. Visit our website and answer 25 questions about your business, and you will instantly receive your sellability score, showing you how well you stack up in the eight value driver areas. It's a great management tool. It's absolutely free for our listeners. Just visit ExitCoachRadio.com and click Get My Sellability Score. Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 